Hey guys, welcome to the Katie May Show. I am Katie May. I hope you are ready to keep it real and talk all things marriage because that is what I do. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey in the pursuit of having an awesome marriage and accepting nothing less for this one and only life we get to have here together. Let's do this. Hi guys, welcome for joining. Welcome for joining us. We've had a we've had a, we've had quite an adventure, uh, Miranda and I, because um, I just like to tell you guys all my business. This is our second interview because the first one didn't record. So. <laughs> Fortunately. You guys get a sneak peek into this amazing woman that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Uh, For those of you new to the group, those of you just joining, I'm Katie May. I am the founder of this group and I'm the founder and CEO of Katie May Coaching. I'm a marriage and relationship coach and I work with and specialize in helping high performance women transform their relationships into the ones they've always wanted. Today, I have a very special guest, Miranda Bauer, and she is a postpartum nutrition specialist. And you guys are like, what does postpartum nutrition have to do with marriage? And I'm going to show you, (laughs) she's going to show you, um, because it is all interconnected. So even if you guys are catching this and you're like, oh, I'm not postpartum. Nope. Stay. Well, don't change the channel yet. Right. Like stay here because this applies literally to anyone and everyone. Um, her knowledge is going to blow your mind with, uh, how nutrition affects every aspect of your life. So stay tuned. And here she is, Miranda. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yes, I have been doing this work for going on 13 years, 14 years, something along those lines. And I will tell you, postpartum is not the first six weeks. It is the first several years, right? Like it takes years, years to heal our body. It is not just those first couple of weeks. So if you've got a six-year-old plus, this applies to you. This applies. That right there is mind-blowing because I'm like, so it's not like six weeks, then you go back to work and then you're fine. (laughs) That's what society tells us, right? Like the bounce back culture is ridiculous. But when we start looking at the physiological and psychological changes that occur within the human body after birth, that is completely nonsensical. We know that our hormones are still adjusting to breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, depending on what you choose. We know that your joints and ligaments don't even return to its pre-pregnancy state until six months postpartum. There are cultures around the world who absolutely, like they prohibit you from doing strenuous, deep exercises or even deep tissue massage until nine months postpartum because your bones have shifted dramatically. And because of the way it's placed in within the ligaments, it's not healthy for you. It can actually cause more damage. And so we look at all of these pieces and I, and, and that's just the physical aspect of things. Right. And, and I can get into the, the changes that occur within the gut. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch base on, but shifting into the mental and the emotional 
changes that occur in birth. Okay, especially in, re- in, in terms of our relationships, this is a long process. It's a long shift. And for many of us, I mean, let's be real. I have four kids. Uh, I was postpartum and pregnant at the same time, right? Like you go through these transitions and then it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Now I'm going to go through this transition yet again. And so we add these layers to ourselves and oftentimes, you know, several years postpartum, we're like, oh my gosh, who am I? What just happened to me? Where did I go? What's going on within my body? All of the things. Well, take a step back and look at the bigger picture here. 100%. And I think, um, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine too, and we were talking about, um, the society, I mean, and since this is a marriage group, it's like so many people are like, oh, we were so happily married. And then we had kids. And it's like how you hear that narrative over and over and over again. And then it's like the norm, like, well, of course you're unhappy in your marriage because your kids are little, you're out of stage. And it's like, well, but what if that wasn't like normal? Like, what if you actually had something else to look into in the sense of like, you don't have to stay in that unhappy state just because many people think it's a normal thing to feel and I, I, I know we're going to get into that too. I really want them to hear your story and how you even got into what you do, because I think that is truly so powerful. So if you could kind of let them into that perspective a little bit, that'd be really cool. I, I want to say, um, I'll, I'll share that. But at first I want to share that we have settled for mediocre motherhood is what we've done. Absolutely. And we've done so by normalizing the difficulties and the challenges. It's like, oh, well, we don't know what else to do, right? Like our providers, our sisters, our mothers are just telling us, oh, it's just your hormones. It's just how it is. And so by doing so, I mean, we've normalized depression, we've normalized anxiety, marriage is falling apart. We've normalized, we've normalized ADHD and, uh, you know, autism in our children. We have normalized feeling like crap mm-hmm. like you're yeah. a mom that's celebrated, what you're celebrated even right the martyrdom community like let's get together yeah. and all complain about it right absolutely yeah. absolutely it's it's really sad what's happening within our world but you know i i notice especially women that i feel really strongly connected to or drawn into the work that i'm doing within postpartum university we're taking a step back and saying wait a second there is something more and i don't have to settle for that narrative and and i'll and i'll share with you a little bit about how i got into this place which was my story i my oldest is almost 13 i was a science junkie I was actually a biology student at the time. I was like, I, I am the science person. Like I find joy reading scientific studies. It's pretty scary. (laughs) So I, I am that I'm that person. And that's when I got pregnant, I was very much that person as well. Like I was in all of the scientific journals. I was reading all of the books, gleaning all of the information. Like I I had friends who were doctors and nurses. And so I was like calling them up, picking their brain and like, seriously, Miranda, like it was, it was intense. I I'm an intense personality. I totally own that. Uh, But like looking, I wanted to know all of the things. Right. And so I thought I did, I had the, you know, quote unquote, best birth. 
experience. It was the best birth experience for me. I, I had an all natural birth at home with a midwife. That was my perfect scenario. And then postpartum happened. And I had spent nine months of my time preparing for the birth of my baby. And not once did I prepare for how to heal my body. I don't even think that was mentioned in anything that I was looking at. No one told me about healing my body postpartum. And it was, it was detrimental. I mean, within weeks I was struggling with breastfeeding. I had bloody nipples. And of course I've taken the courses and did all of the things. And I think that was like the extent of my postpartum was breastfeeding. Right. And like what car seat to buy and, you know, how many, how many outfits I needed for my baby. Right. Like those kinds of things I had, but it still hit me like a ton of bricks. And I ended up with severe depression and anxiety. Like severe. I was borderline psychotic. And the only difference between psychosis and the depression and anxiety that I had felt during the time was that I knew my thoughts were not healthy. I knew that my thoughts were not okay. Right. Like I would literally wake up in a panic attack, unable to breathe because I thought monkeys were coming down from the ceiling and going to steal my baby. I knew I knew these thoughts were not real. I knew this was absolutely insane. Like Miranda, why in the world are you thinking this? Why are you freaking out about it? But I had no ability to stop the roller coaster. Like I was on the ride. I had no ability to get off. And so I really, you know, struggled immensely for months and months. I ended up becoming a single mother. I moved back in with my parents. I had no job. I didn't even have a vehicle. Like I had nothing except a child that I was supposed to wake up and care for. And I was like, this is not how, where I was supposed to be in life. I was, I, I'm so grateful I survived. And in that process, I think right around eight months or so, I, I remember vividly looking at my son as he was playing, like completely detached from him and the situation at hand. And I just remember sitting there looking at him and thinking, God, he deserves better. Right. And it wasn't a moment of like, well, he deserves better. So I'm going to end my life, which often happens. Right. And we need to recognize that it was, he deserves better. So I'm going to try so hard. And so that's when I started, okay, what do, what do I know, right? Like, what do I know? Where can I start from? And I was like, well, I'm really good at science. I'm really good at investigating, right? And so I was like, okay, so why did I become a statistic, right? Like, why did I end up with depression and anxiety? Why is this part of my life? And, and so I started doing the deep work to look at, okay, what do I need to do to heal myself? And I was mind blown at the information that I did find when I, but I had to dig so deep in order to find it. We don't teach women about how to heal their bodies. We don't teach women about the physiological and psychological shifts that occur. And, and it, it was crazy to me what I had learned. And so over the years, I have really, you know, I, I was very much into the birth world. I ended up um, doing childbirth education. I was running retreats. I had opened up my own herbal um, product shop. I, I have done, I've written several best-selling books. I have spoken at universities and conferences around the world. I have done so much of that work. And now I certify other professionals. That's where I am, you know, a decade plus later. 
but all of that came through my own experience. Now that was my journey with one kid, right? I have, I have four children, my youngest being three. I have also, you know, uh, developed an autoimmune disorder after my second baby, I was diagnosed with postpartum bipolar in my third, by my fourth, I finally put all the pieces together, right? Because oftentimes, when we are really successful, strong women, I see this very often, like, it's like, of course, we have all of the answers, right? So I'm just going to go about my life and that crashed, right? Like I had all the answers, but I didn't necessarily apply them. Yeah. Right. And then, and so it was was such a learning journey and having to dig through my own stuff. Right. So it was a magical, um, amazing transformation that has occurred through my time in parenting. And that has definitely led me to the work that I am doing here because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that the way in which I, and so many mothers experience motherhood and marriage and parenting is not okay. This is not the way it's supposed to go. Well, it's not, it's not the way really any, anyone wants it to go. I, and I think like, cause I mean, earlier on, you know, we so flippantly throughout like that we've accepted normal or bad or miserable, right? Like that status quo in our society. And I know that triggered a lot of people and I hope it did, but in, in such a, like Miranda and I don't come from a space of judgment or superiority, right? It's like, you just heard her story. It's, I mean, she's lived through this suffering and come out the other side. And the reason I, I wanted you to share that story is because it is so powerful in the sense of like, like I, I myself, I mean, the worst years my husband and I went through, this is a huge part of my journey and why I do what I do is because for like the three years after our, my son was born, I was in postpartum depression and I didn't even know it. I I'm a human and family development major. Uh, I geek out on reading studies too. (laughs) I'm all about, we get along so well, right. I'm like, I'm all about the, like, what makes you tick? Why do you do what you do? I'm a psychology nerd to the max and neuroscience. Right. And I, what you said was so, so powerful. And so many of my clients and women I work with can relate to is because we are the go-getters, we are the doers, we, but we do for everyone else and we don't check in with ourselves. So we apply it and we know how to fix everyone else around us, but we don't take the time to pour it into ourselves and how it applied. And my postpartum depression was more of a detachment. It, it was, so it flew totally under the radar. And, and I'm sharing this story for those of you guys listening, because maybe it wasn't as extreme as what Miranda did experienced. Um, mine was so normalized and I was so high functioning that it was like, this is just the way it is. That was the narrative I had. This is just because I was always working and now I'm not. And this is just the baby blues and my life really is good. And I, it, I should just be fine. I, I have no reason to be unhappy and that exact, those narratives playing over in my head, it made me an angry bitch of a wife to my husband because he must be the reason I'm unhappy. I literally deflected all of my frustrations and unhappiness 
onto him and focused in on everything he wasn't doing for me in our marriage. And I know you guys are like, wow, what a bitch. It's like, it was subtle ladies. It wasn't like I knew I was doing it. I had no idea, you know? So hopefully what Miranda and I are sharing is like waking you guys up because Miranda has actual solutions for you here too, that I didn't have any clue about. And that's why I think it's so important for you guys to hear this because this could literally be why you guys are struggling so hard right now or in a space of struggle. And like, this is like mind blowing because the let's, I'd really love to dive into with Miranda, like the, the relationship between healing your, cause when we talk about healing your body and we talk about nutrition and how that impacts your mind and the tie between depression and anxiety. Cause I think that's just, that's key right there. It, it so is. And I want to share like your story is so powerful in itself too. I hear that very, very frequently. That's something that we do. We just, we kind of bottle it up and then take it out on our partner. Or the other side that I hear often is like, I am struggling. I don't know why I'm struggling, but clearly it's not my partner because he does so much. Like we are so empathetic to our partner and like, well, he works a full-time job and he has so many of his own stresses going on. Right. And so I'm just going to be in my own bubble doing everything I can to, to not project or not say anything to him because I feel so guilty for asking for anything else. Right. And so I'm going to sit here and deal with 110% of the burdens of being a parent right? And then what happens? We build that resentment and that frustration. And then eventually that just blows up. Boom. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yes. Because that's the the other side of it. Um, And there was a piece, there was a total piece of that in my own mindset in that too, Mm -hmm. because I'm just, I'm just, I'm the stay-at-home mom. So my entire responsibility is to be happy, is to take care of the kid, is to cook, is to clean. Like I don't have the right to ask him for help. Like that was where my mindset was, which is why I was so resentful, like a huge part of that. Right. But in all reality, we got to ask, we got to speak up and we don't know to do that if we don't check in with ourselves and aren't self-aware. Right. So yes. Thank you for saying that. That's yes. Yes. Okay. So let's get into the topic that you so want to talk about here, which is the relationship between depression, anxiety, marriage, and even food. Okay. So we know, like we've already kind of put together the pieces about how depression and anxiety can affect our marriage. It's significant. It's not a little thing. And, and if you want to get on, on the statistical route, like we know that if a mother is depressed within the relationship, a partner has a 50% chance of also being depressed, right? And when a male partner is depressed, they tend to show symptoms of depression in different ways. They exclude themselves. They um, uh, stay at work later or try not to work at all, right? Like they, they immerse themselves in other things. I often see cell phone usage, right? Like you're sitting there instead of engaging with your family, you're in your cell phone, right? We also see a, an uptick in violence. This is something that needs to be talked about when men often feel depressed. This is not all men, 
but it's a lot of men. They, they are more likely to spank their children. They're more likely to lash out in arguments and, and anger, right? And so all of that, of course, it affects our, our feelings, our relationship, our trust, um, and all of that affects the overall relationship. So we know that when we experience depression, we can increase their depression. Their depression plays a huge role in our depression, and it just can spiral out of control. These are huge components that we need to take into consideration here. Postpartum depression and anxiety are not normal. Again, commonality should never equate to normalcy. Yes, you are normal. Yes, you are certainly not alone. Yes, our society has failed you, but you as a mother have not failed, right? We have failed you. And you're not broken. You are not broken. You are not alone. And there is a better way. Okay. So I think the the first step is to recognize that, Hey, you know what, this doesn't actually have to be your story, that there is another side to this. So that's, that's kind of, that's step one, right? If you're in this place, cool. We got you. We feel you, you are not alone. Let's, let's get you over to the next place. Okay. And in that understanding, like the next phase is like, okay, well, why are we here in the first place? So I think it's really important to recognize that most of us are doing this all by ourselves. You might have a partner who works all the time and then come home and comes home and is exhausted and you're exhausted, but you continue. Right. Right. And so I think it's really important to recognize that most of us are entering this with very, very little support. And we need support. We need the village, but it's hard to get the village, right? I hear all the time, well, find your community. Well, you know what? The entire community is overwhelmed, right? Like, so what do we do about an entire community that's overwhelmed and can't help out others because they themselves need help too, right? Like it's the catch 22 situation, right? So good. So we, so we have to look at, we have to look at that. We have to get creative, right? We, yes, if you're in a position to hire, do it, right? But if you're not, look at finding somebody who's near you, who you can like rotate childcare with, right? Like it is so easy. Like in my family, it's like, we have a, a, I live in 40 acres, so it's not as easy, right? My neighbors are far away, but the neighbor across the street, it's like, Hey, I'll take your kids. I'm just going to throw on a movie. Here's frozen, right? Here's some popcorn and a popsicle and you guys are going to chill. Right. And I have five kids in my house, sometimes upwards of 10, like it can get crazy. Right. (laughs) But I've got a, I've got a movie on cool. It's all good. And that person gets several hours to themselves and then we rotate. Right. And I don't have to pay anything for that. Yeah. And we get time, right. We need time. I will tell you how many times I've heard this scenario. And I'll say it really, really quickly, but a mom will tell me, I can't even get five minutes to myself. I can't even go to the bathroom by myself, yeah. but I bet you, your husband can take a 20 minute dump, <laughs> right? Why? Because TikTok he videos. his time for himself. How many TikTok so videos? Stop resenting <laughs> your partner for that and do it for yourself. Yes. Amen. Do it for yourself. Like there is zero reason why you cannot. The only reason why you haven't is because you haven't set the boundaries for it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
your partner did. So take note of that, right? Like if you want that girl, do it. Right. Do it. Guess what? I take 20 minutes to myself. (laughs) I might not be on the toilet, but my kids know, right? Yes. My kids know. I have to, I have to stop you there real quick because, uh, that's a quote that comes to mind. And I was watching a Brene uh, Brown video and she was talking about the link between resentment is actually envy. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that's so true. Whenever you're finding yourself resentful of your partner, it's usually because you're envious of something they're doing or getting. And so instead of being like, oh, well, they're doing X, Y, Z, you turn it around and immediately that's what you just painted was I want 20 minutes to myself. Okay. But instead of hating him for it, get it right. Like you said it earlier on in the interview and your story was you got to a place to where you said, what can I do by not normalizing this, by not saying this is all there is, you get to a place and you ask yourself, what can I do? What, what should I do? What, where, where, what do I have control of? And that is when you can start making changes, right? Yeah, I had, I had to fill that in there because I was like, that's so good. Like, it's so true. So, so so true, right? Boundaries. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we've established that part. And I know that I'm going like, I'm just kind of going through the list here. Yeah, that's good. Here's the other component to this and that we often fail to address in our culture and our society. And that is of nutrition. We have lacked so much understanding of our own body and how to heal it. Food is, is a means of emotional connection, right? How many of us are emotionally tied to food, right? Like we all are, and we're never, ever, ever going to get rid of that. It is a biological, like if I hear somebody say, Oh, you know, we're going to help you get rid of your emotional attachment for, for food, like a, a coach or whatever. I'm like, Oh gosh, no, you can't because it's a biological norm. It is a part of our, who we are as, as people, it's a survival mechanism, right. To be attached to food. Okay. We, we need food. <laughs> so the, we know that there's this emotional component to food, but there's also this physiological shift that takes place in postpartum. In order to keep your body in a state of healing, in order to heal your body, your nervous system shifts in postpartum and that nervous system shift, I won't get into all the science and the mumbo jumbo, but that nervous system shift changes the way you digest your foods. And when you change the way you digest your foods, salads, smoothies, those heavy casseroles, right. That we often eat in postpartum. Those are going to destroy your gut. It's very difficult for your body to absorb the nutrients for that. And when you can't absorb nutrients because your body has shifted, it requires a different way of eating so that you can, it's not just about eating really good foods. It's also about absorbing really good foods. You can eat all the really good foods, but if you're not absorbing it, well, you're, you're adding to your deficiencies. So here's a really amazing component. And I should probably have started with this gut health issues is a precursor to depression and anxiety. So (laughs) a precursor, meaning, meaning that if you are not getting the nutrients that you need in postpartum, we can predict on a scientific level 
your chances of getting depression and anxiety. There's a multitude of, of minerals and vitamins that have statistically been researched to and linked to depression and anxiety. So much so that it's absolutely mind boggling to me that we don't actually do nutrient testing first before diagnosing for depression and anxiety. Like it's mind blowing to me that we don't even do that. It's absolutely mind blowing. And it's because like the, I mean, our Western medicine practices and the way the doctors are like, I've been, I've been battling migraines recently. And it's absolutely amazing to me that like the health and wellness specialist that I'm working with, she ran all my hormones, all the nutrition. I did a hair follicle testing. I did all this. I saw one neurologist, you know what he did? He took a look at my labs and said, Oh, all green looks good. And I go, okay. And I was like, she like evaluated where I was on each scale. Right. And I'm saying this because y'all need to hear this. Like the Western medicine practices right now are not built for our well-being. They're they're built to hand out pills. And anyways, that's a whole nother well, I'll I'll tell you a story <laughs> on nutrient testing. I have an entire blog post uh, or a podcast episode on this conversation, but in short, uh, because time is so limited here, um those nutrient tests are a value, like they are derived from studies on males and then lower to reflect the, the, um, normal range of what they think would be a smaller male, i.e. a female. Yeah. And, so and, and that's not even taking into account what we need in the postpartum period, right? There's no statistical data on our nutritional needs for hormone development and support during that time whatsoever. And so oftentimes we can go in and we can get a lot of those tests and it'll come back saying that we're indeed normal, but it is, there's no basis of what that actually means. Actually, we can go get a test, a nutrient test panel in Japan or the UK and be deficient when the US said we are not because the US's standards are lower. Yes, and I that's why I wanted to bring that up because to what you're saying is like so many people are listening to this and some of you are out there going like, I had my hormones checked. I had my thyroid checked and the doctor just said I was normal. Right. And it's like, okay, wait, back up. Because if you guys even look at the blood, like range of what's considered normal, it's huge. And you can be on completely one end of the spectrum and your doctor's still going to be like, well, you're normal. It doesn't mean that you're optimal and we don't want to be nor we want to be optimal. If something's off in you, you want to be an optimal, right? And we know right now, normal is not a place to be, right? No. Normal is depression, anxiety, autoimmune disease. That is normal. Right. And yeah. that's not what we want. Right. And so all of this, and, and, and this is greatly impact. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, there is no way that you're going to be able to take care of your marriage. No. Right. We can, like, I can't tell you how many times we're like, oh, I'm, I need to address these really stressful things in my life. And it's like, yeah, that is true. But how much more stressful are they? Because your body is not operating in a place that it's struggling. The gears are grinding. You're falling apart, fix that. And then everything else becomes that much more easier. Totally. That's why I can work with women one-on-one 
that's why I work with women one-on-one because they come with me as the marriage is the problem. But then when we turn it around and we evaluate what's really going on within them, they have not been taking care of themselves or they think they have, or they haven't taken a deeper look at this. I mean, I evaluate all of that. Like, what's your water look like? How are you sleeping? What, you know, what does your nutrition look like? Have you even looked into this? And it's like, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, you can't be a good partner, right? Even if they're being a bad partner, if you have all of these things going on inside of you, you can't have that awareness as to where you truly stand in your marriage, in your relationship, because you're struggling so bad, right? Very much so. Yes, totally. So what you're saying is your gut health is a, you said an indicator and, or a could be a cause for your anxiety or depression. Absolutely. It's one of the key factors. It's one of the absolute key factors. So, you know, so often, you know, when I'm working with professionals, especially counselors and therapists and, and whatnot in the field, like if you're not including nutrition as a part of your means to helping people heal, you're, you're significantly doing a disservice to the people that you, that you are working with. You have to include it because it is so deeply related Uh to depression and anxiety and, and therefore the way in which we connect with the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, and to your, I actually saw, uh, oh, it was an email that I got from you in this, in the regards to that you were, your hand was slapped in a group because, um, you had mentioned Mm -hmm. this very thing and the therapists and mental health professionals out there are concerned about going down a lane like nutrition that is not something within their license and therefore it would be threatened and whatever but your response to that was epic because your response was like there's basically correct me if i'm wrong no reason why you can't refer out where you can't be like telling your clients, well, you should be taking note of this and seeing a specialist in regard to that. Right. Yeah. Or here's some handouts, right? Like I want to stress to you the importance of postpartum nutrition. I don't necessarily have the answers or the background, but here's some resources for you. Yeah. You have to look into this. Yes. For your mental health, which is why you're coming to me for, right? Like we can do that and be in the scope of practice. Like it's mind blowing to me that we don't, but again, there's so much fear and the way that our Western world does operate and, and function. And, and that's the, that's the, also the very hard part about postpartum care. We, what we've done is we've healthcare in general, and I'll be really quick because I, I need to, I need to jump off here for a client. But what we've done is we've taken healthcare, like if something's wrong with your arm, we've dissected it and we're like, okay, we're only going to focus on your arm. That's Western medicine, right? Rather than looking at the whole body approach, right? We don't just treat the arm, we treat the root. That's what we we should do, the whole body. And so when we see a counselor or we see a, a nutritionist or we see a physical therapist, we're focusing on a very small part of the body, which is essential. We want those, we need those people in the field to be able to focus on those specific things and become experts in it. But we also can't hyper-focus and forget about the rest. Yes. And that's oftentimes what happens. And, and we fail to, we fail to 
um, support whole body healing in that process. Yes. So while you guys are um, focusing in on your relationships and you're listening in for relationship advice, this is the, I mean, whether you're postpartum or not, and especially if you are postpartum is what Miranda is saying, because you need that much more care, support and intention and awareness and knowledge of your body and what it really needs. Um, it's, it's key. You guys like this controls your brain. It controls your body chemistry. This is what she's talking about. Full body healing. You cannot, you cannot expect to have a thriving life and marriage and relationship if you are not at your best self. And so it's absolutely imperative that you have this knowledge. Miranda, I know you got to go. I want them to be able to find you and get all your wonderful information and resources. Um, I know you have some good resources for us. So can you share those with uh, the group before you run away? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on my website, postpartumu, the letter U dot com. Um, I have a podcast so you can learn more about um, the work that I do and the postpartum nutrition and, and finding care and, and all of the things on, I mean, we talk about hair loss. We talk about healing the body. We talk about so many amazing things in postpartum, but you can find me over there. It's through my website. I also have a quiz for you. So if you're like, I don't even know if this is like legit for me, or if I um, in this place or like what my body's trying to tell me, if, if you're questioning that I have an entire quiz, it takes about two minutes and it goes over the physical, emotional, uh, uh, mental, and, and even spiritual side of motherhood. It's 30 questions, but again, it takes you like, like two minutes to answer. And then you get an in-depth guide of, okay, here's what's happening within your body. And more importantly, here's what you can do about it. So cool. Yes. And I'm going to put those in the show notes. So you know how to find her, um, above all else, if you guys are listening to this and any of this sounds like it, it might be, maybe whatever, please don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us at any capacity, because we wholeheartedly want to, if we're not the ones to help you at least give you the resources or point you in the direction of somebody who can, um, it's, it's a big, big issue in our, in our entire society. So Miranda, I cannot thank you enough for this amazing interview. You are amazing and awesome and wonderful. And thank you and have a fantastic rest of your day guys. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. Bye. Hey guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I know in such a busy world right now that there are so many things pulling at your time and vying for your attention. So the fact that you're willing to spend it with me is truly an honor. And for those of you who are wondering how you can get involved with me and get more of my content, please feel free to join my free Facebook community at Marriage Empowered. You can also follow me at Instagram at Marriage Empowered. And if you'd like to book your free consultation call, you'd like more information on how I might be able to help you in your life or marriage, and you'd like to know more about that information, feel free to book your first free consultation call with me by going to my Facebook business page at Katie May Coaching LLC. And of course, you can always hit me up on the DMs. Thanks again so much for tuning in, you guys. And all of this information is also located in the show notes. Have a fantastic rest of your day and I hope to see you back here soon.